Talk to the hand. Ricky's got to hand it to all of us. Uh, thank you, Ricky. To you. <laughs> Welcome to the Completely Machinima podcast. Thank you, my co-hosts, Tracy Harwood, Ricky Grove, and Damian Valentine for all, like me, wearing the same shirts one more time. Yep. <laughs> all these separated sessions that are not at all recorded simultaneously. Uh, up next, we have Damian's pick for the month. Month which is a Star Wars fan film called Dark Side Episode One Chrome Armor. Damien, tell us all about it. Well, um, I'm sure all of our listeners know that I like Star Wars a little bit. <laughs> Given the number of times I've chosen Star Wars videos uh, um, over the course of the series. So this is um, it's another Unreal film. We've seen lots of Star Wars Unreal videos over the year, two years we've been doing this podcast. And this one stood out to me because even though it's it's done in a the same sort of well similar kind of comedy style that we've seen before, there's something about the way these two stormtrooper characters are animated that really sets it apart from anything else. And I thought, well, it's not motion capture because obviously it is motion capture, but we've seen that before, so that, that doesn't stand out from before. And I looked at it, I thought it's to do with the, the way the characters are designed because. What I think they've done is they've got a, a character model and they put plated armor over the top of it rather than um, have that as part of the character model. So when they move, the armor moves like armor plating would actually move rather than sort of bending and doing things that it wouldn't do if it's just all one character model. And I, I'm just guessing there because well, that's what it looks like to me. And something about the way that, that it made it stand out more realistic. And then, of course, I watched it and then there's a lot of humor in this um which there's some sort of star wars in jokes in there which appeal to me as a star wars fan and it's really well put together there's a lot of details put in the environments that these two stormtroopers are traveling through there's stuff happening in the background that it's not so much that it's distracting but it makes the film feel alive rather than just a static environment um and it starts off straight away. There's something happening right behind the stormtroopers, and they're completely oblivious to it. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. But it obviously, as the audience, you see it and you laugh. And the fact that they're not even—it's just something that they're used to seeing every day. They don't even think about it, and that adds to the humor as well. So, what did you guys think? Shall well, I it start? Oh, go on. It—it's a good pick. I—I I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, Obviously, the DNA of the uh, of the project it owes a lot to Red versus Blue. Um, they borrowed a lot of uh, the ideas behind it and subject matter and all of that. And it doesn't quite come together in the way that um, Tracy's pick, uh, the uh, talking Talk orcs, come together. Um, it, there are some problems with it. Um, the animations tended to be repetitious and overdone. That one guy almost like looked, the one guy doing a lot of the talking looked like he had had so many cups of coffee he couldn't stop moving. And since it's uh, many of the same kind of animations, it got very tiring. Stillness would have been, at times, would have been uh, a good choice. Um, I think also that the acting was somewhat flat at times it needed more direction for pauses and rhythm 
to emphasize some of the comedy. It tended to run together really quickly as if they had done one take and that was it. I think they could have uh, spent more time with the detail on that. Um, the idea of having supernumerary characters being the center of focus is a wonderful idea. It goes way, way back to uh, what Tom Stoppard's Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead, where he's talking about these two minor characters in Hamlet. And they ended up being so goddamn funny because in a way you, I think that, you know, I, I see a, I see a big epic film, even Lord of the Rings. And I go, what about that extra? What about that orc? That his story would have been interesting. So that idea is a very good idea. And it's a very funny idea. And don't get me wrong. My, my criticisms are just technical. Um, I, I found it humorous and enjoyable and, and likable. I'd like to see more of it. But I think they need to tone down, turn down the, their debt to red versus blue, try to find some of their own original way to present this, limit some of the animations, look for stillness, and fix their comic rhythm at times. Mm, really interesting. This is by a guy called Scott Barrett, and uh, he's got some experience in making TV series, uh, video game movies. He's worked on effects on major motion pictures like Star Wars Episode 2 and 3 and also Harry Potter. And he's also been doing um, post-production on commercials for NBC, among oh. a load of other things. So he's not an inexperienced um, creator as such. Um, but I'll come back to that um, after my next set of comments, really. I thought there's some really nice contextualization um, with that opening shot where that kind of well-known scene with Darth Vader and it just shows you where these guys are absolutely instantly. Really nice, puts you puts you where they're where they're um, doing their thing, if you like. And then I really liked the way that um, the he he pulled you into the focus on those two characters. That little robot to to pull you into where these characters are standing. I thought well, that was really well done. Uh, and then they walk, walk into that lift, and the banter between them kind of begins for me, which which, to be honest, went on just a little bit too long. Mm, yeah, um, after, too. after a couple of minutes, I started to zone out of what they were saying and then start to think about the lift itself. And I realised that the Death Star is probably much bigger in this creator's imagination than it is in mine. Um, I also began to feel that where they were, uh, you know, I, don't, I just didn't know where they were going or whether they were ever going to get to wherever it is they were going because that lift ride just seemed to go on for forever. Um, but I think also it didn't seem to reflect on their suits, um, which I thought it probably should have. Um, so overall, that aspect wasn't really very convincing for me as a, as a kind of a backshot for the scene. Mm. And, and just as I was coming to that kind of conclusion, they kind of arrived at this craft deck, which kind of answered my sort of subliminal question on where on earth or on the Death Star, where are they actually going? Um, so I thought there were a couple of things that, that possibly could be improved. First, the suits themselves were a little bit distracting. They were really shiny. I know you talked about them being armor armor plated and, and you know, the movement in them was, was more, more interesting, but I think they could have done a little bit more to them as well. And maybe they were too clean, um, especially because part of the conversation was about yeah. how much much they smell. One kind of doesn't associate them looking that shiny with being smelly, maybe. Hmm. Um, so maybe reflecting that aspect as well as the lift movement in the suit would have been something that could have potentially helped. 
Um, but overall, I really enjoyed the mocap. The movement I thought was really good. The hand movement, the head tilt and whatnot, all really impressively done, but let down slightly when you saw the characters walk. Not so much for the walk itself, um, but there was this shot where the footfalls were not really in sync with the walking pace, which I thought was a little bit um, kind of distracting. Um, but all of, all of that said, I think the, the, the banter was was fun and actually reminded me a little bit of a of a 1970s B movie, like like kind of towering inferno without the fire. Um, and I, I think that had to do with the, the with the actual tone of the voices of the characters, though, rather than the plot and the scenario. Um, uh, so, so I kind of guess my analysis, all these kind of threads um, started to unravel a little for me. Possibly if it had been a bit shorter, that may not have happened. And then reflecting on this, I was thinking maybe the kind of jumping you out of the scenario was actually deliberate because of who this guy is. Um, and, and because it's pretty clear he knows how to create content. Um, and, I, and I say that because part of that was at least evident um, in the credit sections, which were really very well done. Um, and one of the things highlighted in those credits is that this is not an official film and should not uh, or, or should be distanced from anything produced by Disney. Any point in saying that? Yeah. Um, and I thought maybe therefore that there was some deliberate kind of playing with it. But then again, maybe he's not an, uh, an experienced creator of a whole film. I don't know. Um, so those are my thoughts with it. Really interesting pick, Damien. Thank you very much. Another yes, one. Good pick. Yeah. 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 I I enjoyed a lot of the uh, Star Wars in jokes as well, especially the one leading up to the end. <laughs> that that was the biggest laugh for me is is the way that this uh, this ended. Um, <clears throat> I don't know the the movement in the elevator didn't didn't bug me in, until Ricky said that, and now I'm like, yeah, too much coffee. You're right. Um, well, there was an animation that he did where he pointed with his left hand yeah. and his body swagger, and then he pointed with his. That must have shown up maybe five six times during that i didn't catch the repetition on that but i did notice that the the guy on the left uh with the higher pitched voice um moved around a lot more and i i kind of thought well maybe that was a you know any movement at all by them that's casual like that is out of the norm for what we as sea stormtroopers when they're always on duty here they're out of sight you know uh, assuming no one's paying any attention so the idea that they would maybe cut up or be fidgety or whatever uh the the one on the left looked my like like you know my my son he can't he can't keep his legs still when he's sitting you know um and the other guy was a little bit more subtle in his movements um so i don't know it didn't it didn't bug me definitely this the conversations in the in the elevator uh, long ride though it was, and it could have used some edit, but uh, that's definitely the where this really shone, animations wise. We can we can disagree about you know some of the choices that were made there, but it was for the most part pretty well executed there. Where it where it really stood out to me as as uh, is the cutscenes, if you will, the scenes showing what's going on outside the elevator, which I realized. If you had a film of this length and it's just two guys in an elevator, that's too long. So you got to cut away to something. But what they chose to cut away to was, it was like, uh, the, that's where the B team went to work on animations. 
the A team was in the elevator and the B team was these other things. And so you got this weird guy walking across the gangplank and it just looks very, it doesn't, yeah. it, it, it looks like a manually created walk. Um, yeah. Even Vader throwing down the guy that he was choking, it's like there wasn't any physics. It was just, he threw him and now he's moving. And then he, the, the fall was weird. It was a little too slow. Uh, gravity just on its own would have, I don't know, it just would have looked different. So I, I understand the need for those cutaways, but for me, they were jarring because they weren't of the same quality uh, uh, of the more simpler animations going on in the point. elevator. Um, voice acting, I feel like the, the, the guy with the lower voice, a <laughs> little bit point. better performance from him and the other guy kind of a little bit monotonous. Um, could have used some coaching there, I think. Um, and Ricky's right, they, the use of uh, some silence, some breaks in the conversation. Um, I think that that could have been done and the film still be shorter too. Sure. Um, with just a, a, I think the where the edit is needed is at the writing level and then the film edit would follow. Uh, um, because stillness I, I, between the two of them, where none of them had anything to say would have been funny. Yeah. Especially with all this volume of stuff that's coming out, you know? Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think with, with a clever writer, one could write pauses into it to give those characters an opportunity to think. And then the next thing that they say is showing the fruit of that thinking, hey, wait. <laughs> And and you're right. The delivery of it was just rapid fire, rapid fire, and it 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 just never. They never really got a chance to do that. It felt like recitation. Yes. Uh, instead of conversation, um, but very humorous ideas. Um, I think the uh, the the way that the conversation led to where it went, it it felt organic. It had the right elements there. It just a little bit of tuning up and editing I think would have would have made it even better and finally where's the soundscape <laughs> <laughs> the ambient well, as sound Damien pointed out, right. I was Damien I did I could not figure out why their animation their movements looked so much better than what you pointed out I think you're exactly right I think that's how they did it that armor is moving a little bit independent of the bones underneath yeah. However, they did that. You're right, um, but that makes noise too, you know. <laughs> and we've heard what stormtroopers moving sound like. They're not quiet. There are no yeah. stealth stormtroopers. They don't send them out on spy missions. These dudes are loud, they're clanking. You know, it's like it's like knights in armor. So, and there wasn't anything. There was moments where they're moving, and there's just no sound whatsoever. You can what barely about the sound even hear of the elevator. Too? You can barely hear that even, you know. Yeah. And there should be some variation in that. You pass a certain mm -hmm. floor that's louder than the other, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. again, soundscape um, yeah. would have would have again would have made it even better. So overall, I enjoyed it. I got I got some good laughs out of it. Again, particular to the end. Stay with it till the end. Uh, if you if you yeah, like got a nice a good nice Star Wars joke, it's very very nicely done. Yeah. Um, there's some very funny it makes me wonder 
I hopefully this isn't spoilerish to say, but it makes me wonder how is there going to be an episode two? <laughs> uh, let's just say the ending. Well, that's a challenge. Kind of, yeah, kind of implies that uh, maybe things won't go great for these guys. So, um, yeah, funny stuff. And uh, yeah, at the end. Honestly, I felt like that the end when when the reveal happened, and then it shows the ships flying. That the perfect thing to do score wise would have been to do the the closing theme music from curb curb your enthusiasm <laughs> like is used in the memes you know boom 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 and just have directed by larry david it was that kind of that kind of humorous ending very well done yeah, on that yeah so, very well done anyway great pick Amy. it's got it's got the classic comic situation between two mismatched men one who's who's it, it goes all the way back to Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello yes. and, and waiting for Godot, Vladimir and Estragon, where you have the one who can't stop talking and who's very fast and is usually a bit smarter than the slower one. I like the inverted thing because the slower one was smarter than the faster one in this episode because he kept puncturing this guy's. Uh, assumptions about things but but the the thing that i think would have been really interesting is that these characters could have been characters in a in a car dealership you know auto <laughs> mechanics you know what i mean what would have been unique as soldiers in the evil empire you know what what particular things that those guys would talk about it lacked that little bit of verisimilitude which i think would have added to it although there were some very funny bits like when there were a couple references but yeah it would have yeah, it would have been nice to see more, even more would think, have been they make worked. them unique yeah. but but there was one point where the guy was saying well you know I, i'd like this girl on deck six you know this woman and he says well you know we're going to destroy this planet pretty soon and the view is going to be beautiful on the deck so take her up for that the guy goes yeah that's right I mean, just the absurdity of that was just very funny. I like that. Bill, you mentioned those the Stormtrooper arms, armor sound effects. I have those. I extracted them from the Star Wars games because obviously they put that in as a ambient sound when they're walking around. And I'm sure. annoyed with Air to the Empire because there's hardly any Stormtroopers in it. And I want <laughs> to put them in, but I haven't had the opportunity to do so yet. <laughs> Well, and nowadays too, uh, uh, and Damien, you've got some experience with this. Now, nowadays, there's cosplay stuff that you could do. You could actually foley that movement if you wanted to make it really accurate. Yeah. Instead of just use, trying to line up pre-existing samples, you could just craft something. Or probably if you're in the US or UK, there's probably somebody who does Stormtrooper cosplay professionally near you. Uh, I actually worked with the guy 10 years ago. That's what he'd do on his weekends. And he had the full gear. I mean, and it looked legit. He would dress up as a, we used to make fun of him for it, of course, but <laughs> he'd dress up as a full stormtrooper and go and just make kids day. Uh, and you could find someone like that who'd just probably do it just for the asking, just for the honor of yeah. put on their gear and yeah. right, just move like that guy. All right, take two. So anyway, uh, just just ideas. But uh, anyway, great pick, Damien. And uh, yep. I guess that concludes our uh, December picks. One last Ricky, thing. Go ahead. The theme for this December is soundscapes. So machinima filmmakers, 
pay attention to ambient sound. If you're doing it in a room, that room has a sound to it. If you're wearing a uniform, especially like a armor or stuff like that, when you move, that makes a sound. Find out what that sound is and include it. Yeah, all you need is a good condenser mic in a quiet room and just watch the video and just... Oh. I mean, you, especially if you're the one who made the video, you probably hand animated a lot of those movements. So you, yeah, you've watched animated. that footage a hundred times. So you probably can get it done in a take or two. So, yeah. Or somebody with a cold. It is Christmas. They're snuffling. Me, I've got a cold. You want to use cold sound effects? Get them in quick. Yeah, we've been featuring that throughout the month of December's episodes. Freesound.org. That's the <laughs> place to go for sound and music. Thank you, uh, Damien. That was a great choice. In fact, I have to applaud um, uh, myself and all the rest of us. I think we've made some really interesting choices this month. In fact, the whole year has had some terrific choices uh, for films. Uh, again, I point out my lack of imagination when we started this podcast and um, thinking that, oh, Machinima is dead. Nobody's making this stuff. No, it's changed quite a bit. And one of the ideas that um, we can discuss maybe in a future episode is the idea of the, the theme of machinima is to make things quick and dirty, you know, put them together a la French democracy. That's a brilliant film that was done in what a day or something like that and had a massive impact and how much moving towards unreal engine five and other uh, groups like that has, has put the, the onus on being having professional level skills in uh, putting machinima together what's the difference between the two I mean, is it just a change in the way machinima is being done personally i think the balance between the two is pretty good i mean if you look at the uh, 917 production that's all handmade stuff i mean that's really clear and excellent whereas if you look at um tracy's picked uh, talkie orcs that has the skill level of a professional. You could show that on um, on Liquid TV or uh, Adult Swim, and uh, would be uh, perfectly fine uh, on that professional level. So it's kind of interesting idea. Maybe it's something we could talk about more in the future. I like it. Yeah, me too. Well, from all of us here at uh, the Com Completely Machinima podcast that I will learn to pronounce one day, <laughs> uh, be sure to visit our website. Completely, com completely <laughs> slash blog. That's where Tracy compiles all our uh, all the news and uh, uh, current events related to this machinima world. And that's where you can leave us feedback on the show too. We thrive on your feedback, and would love to hear from you. Uh, yep. If you've got ideas or if you've got a film that you want to call our attention to, that's the place to do it. So from all of us here, happy, happy new, new year. year! Happy new year! Happy new year! Take care, everyone. Bye.